On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we anticipate the return of a potential ace and look at some streaming possibilities. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, May 21st, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior, and I am here with Derek Van Riper to uh, finish out an eventful week here in baseball, real and fantasy. And uh, DVR, let's um, let's begin by talking about something that actually occurred on Wednesday, uh, but there was a follow-up on Thursday that I think is is worthwhile uh discussing a little bit. So Shohei Otani in his start against Cleveland, his average fastball velocity in that start was nearly five miles an hour lower than it had been previously all season. Uh, So he's been sitting around 96 typically. And in this game, he was at 91.3 miles an hour on his four seamer on average. Uh, And then on Thursday, Joe Madden said he sees no reason to interfere with Otani's usage, um, both referring to as a hitter and as a pitcher. So, do you uh, see any cause for alarm here? Would this prevent you maybe from from starting Otani next time out? It would give me a second thought about it and make me look at the alternatives. But I do think with Otani being a legitimate two-way player with a much different between-starts routine than any other pitcher we've really ever seen in the big leagues, at least in the last hundred years or so, I think I have to remain open-minded about the possibility that the equivalent of dead arm or whatever sort of fatigue he might be feeling could possibly cause his velocity to fluctuate this much. I do wonder with Otani how much the matchups are going to play into the comfort level of using him the next couple times out. He's lined up to possibly face the Rangers at home in his next start. That's a great lineup for him to take a chance on, even if the stuff's not all the way back to where it was before this last start. The start after that is lines up against the Giants on the road in San Francisco. That's a pretty forgiving park. So I think he's got a great stretch of schedule where I'm going to err probably on the side of using him unless this velocity drop holds up for another start or two. All right. Well, I think that's a good way to approach this. And just, uh, you know, you mentioning uh, Oracle Park, uh, that reminded me of uh, Austin Gomber and a really good-looking schedule he had a couple weeks ago that didn't work out. We're going to talk about him a little bit later on because he's got a really great schedule again and see if, uh, you know, it's, we, we'll, we'll take the chance again on Austin Gomper. But before we get to him and uh, some other potential fab uh, targets and also some streamers for Friday's uh, slate, uh, on Friday's slate is Steven Strasburg. He is going to be activated by the Nationals and start against the Orioles. Uh, I've got him in a daily lineup league, so I've got that start-sit dilemma. It's certainly a nice uh, soft landing spot for Strasburg. I'm probably going to start him, but is that uh, is that ill-advised maybe? I'm going to use him. I think when you go back to his very first start of the year against Atlanta, he also was dealing with a velocity drop compared to his previous norms, but he fared just fine because I think at this stage of his career, Steven Strasburg's secondaries are good enough for him to lower the use of the fastball if he has to, and he's going to find a way, at least against the mid-range lineups and the bottom-end lineups, to be effective. So you know, I think if you said he's got a more difficult matchup than Baltimore— and the velo's still down 
what are you doing then? I'm probably being more careful, but I think this is an easy enough matchup where I'll take the chances on Strasburg being in the low 90s with that fastball and still finding a way to pitch well. All right. And speaking of that game, on the Orioles side of it, uh, there could be Anthony Santander in the lineup. He will be activated uh, after a long IL stint on Friday. Uh, JT Realmuto may also return to the Phillies lineup on Friday. Of course, he's been out with the wrist issue. Uh, A few IL moves to take note of here. Logan Webb, uh, his season's been up and down uh, in terms of role, and now he's uh, down and out on the IL with a right shoulder strain. Mike Moustakis on the IL for the Reds with a right heel contusion. Jason Hayward to the IL for the Cubs with a hamstring injury. Nelson Cruz not on the IL, but he is day-to-day with a wrist contusion. And Jorge Polanco left the second game of the Twins doubleheader against the Angels on Thursday with a sore ankle. Uh, And continuing on with some Twins news here, Kenta Maeda is going to start on Saturday against Cleveland. Uh, That's been up in the air because of his groin injury, but he is now slated to make that start. We've got a little bit of trade rumory going on here, or actually, I guess, you know, more accurately, some trade reporting that uh, the Yankees and the Rangers are looking into a Delino DeShields trade because of that depleted Yankees outfield situation. So uh, if uh, DeShields is Bronx bound DVR, is he worth uh, a pickup if you need to pick up some steals? I think that's possible. I mean, we're talking 15-team leagues and deeper, most likely. I think we've got a long enough track record of DeShields not being a good enough hitter to rely on him in leagues more shallow than that. There's a little bit of power. We're talking like non-zero power, uh, but there's not a lot of batting average upside there either. So he's really a true one-category player who's probably going to get stuck in the bottom spot of that Yankees lineup if this trade happens. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair bet there. A couple of closer notes here. Hansel Robles got the save in one of the doubleheader games against the Angels, his former team. Uh, but Taylor Rogers did come in in the sixth inning in that game to face the heart of the order. I think it was the two, three, four hitters that were due up there. So, um, you know, you could look at that two ways. That uh, uh, it, It's a bit of an asterisk in terms of looking at Robles as a closer, but those situations do come up. And Robles would get the save, at least the save opportunity in those uh, situations. And Rafael Dolis, he gave up a game-winning home run to J.D. Martinez on Thursday in just his second uh, appearance back from the IL. So is it time to maybe, once again, seems like we do this about every other week, DVR, but once again, speculate on the Blue Jays' closer situation. I think it's the same old story, really. The guys that have been in the mix for the last few weeks are the guys we're still leaning on, so they're probably rostered for the most part. I guess Jordan Romano is the name we always bring back up, but Rafael Delis is just kind of an okay reliever. I'm not sure why he's used in such high-leverage spots. I know he was good last year, but I think the writing is sort of on the wall that he's more of a sixth or seventh inning guy than one of the best relievers that you want to throw out there in key situations. All right, well, let's take a look at some of the players who... uh had a, a better day or a better night on Thursday than uh, Rafael Delis. Uh, Brandon Crawford, I, he went three for six with his 11th homer at Cincinnati. And this is somebody who DVR keeps coming up for me when I go to the waivers and, you know, look, go on a site where they're, you know, rank ordered in terms of season to date performance. And Brandon Crawford's always up there. He's obviously having a big power year so far. And I just think, well, this guy's really established and kind of on the wrong side of the, the aging curve. So I, I just think this is going to end any time now. And he keeps going. So uh, is it time to stop being so stubborn and just take the flyer? 
Maybe because in the shortened season, he had a 111 WRC plus, popped eight homers in 54 games. The pace he's on right now seems unsustainable, but he plays quite a bit. So I, I do think there's more appeal there uh, than we would have thought based on what happened from about 2017 to 2019. It seems like there's been a late career adjustment that has been made in the case of Brandon Crawford. All right, and a lot of runs put up by the Giants in that game against the Reds. Darren Ruff, uh, one of, of several players who had a big game, but a four-hit game for him with his sixth homer of the year and his third and fourth doubles. And as long as Brandon Belt is out, he stands to to get quite a bit of playing, playing time. So where's your level of interest in various types of leagues for him? Temporarily, I think he can be a corner filler in leagues where he previously wasn't viable because of the role being too small. So I'm at least thinking about him in 15 teamers where he's available. All right. Big game for Joey Wendell uh, for the Rays at Baltimore. Another one where uh, some runs were put up four for six with his fourth and fifth homers of the year and his 14th double. So, you know, you do the math. That's a really, really robust doubles pace for Joey Wendell. And another home run for Andy Rosarena just coming off of a two homer game, a four hit game for Rosarena as well. So uh, is there a sell high opportunity for either player? Is it a, a a chance to just go and pick either or both up if they are somehow still available. Uh, I mean, I think in the case of of Wendell, I, I keep waiting for the prospects to come up and reduce his role, but he's just keeping the prospects at AAA a little longer. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I see a little bit of the Brandon Crawford sort of value there with Wendell. It's just like he's a guy; he plays more than you think. He's a little better than you think, but he's probably not going to win your league for you. So if you need just solid production still don't know if I want to go down to like 10 and 12 team leagues with him just yet because I don't really trust that power to hold up and I think the role really will tail off a bit as we move through the summer all right well if if there were a Twitter account that was uh not so old takes exposed I'd, I'd be on it for Merrill Kelly because I think within the last week or so I made a comparison between him and Matt Shoemaker and said well I like Kelly maybe just slightly more but I don't really trust him and he's kind of, at least to, to me, sneakily been improving. Uh, maybe it's not as sneaky and I've just missed the boat on this one. But Kelly just had a fantastic outing against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium on Thursday night. Seven innings, 12 strikeouts and no walks, three runs on six hits. And he has been, again, steadily getting better uh, over his last five starts combined, including this one. 30 and two-thirds innings, 33 strikeouts, 11 walks, uh, four home runs, and a 3.23 ERA. That that doesn't really seem too fluky at all. And 24 called strikes, by the way, in this most recent outing, which is pretty phenomenal. So is Merrill Kelly now, uh, on the heels of this start, a fab target? I'm looking at him and saying he's probably more like the guy that we saw during his first season with the D-backs. And that's a level that's actually pretty sustainable. That shortened season, the walk rate dropped to a career low last season. He sort of snapped right back to what we're used to seeing from him. So... Unless we see something change in the underlying skills, I think you still want to be pretty careful with Merrill Kelly despite the great outing against the Dodgers. All right. Well, uh, one pitcher you have been very careful with, in fact, could say just completely avoidant of, is Martin Perez. And he is one of several streaming possibilities on the Friday slate. So, uh, DPR, let's uh, get right to that. And I'll just rattle off some names here. And you can tell me uh, who you like better than Martin Perez again this week. So (laughs) Perez is going to be at Philadelphia. Uh, They'll be going with Aaron Nola. Uh, Adrian Hauser will be starting at Cincinnati, and the Reds will be going with Jeff Hoffman. Tyler Anderson, who you and I both like pretty consistently, he gets the Braves in Atlanta on Friday. They'll be starting Ian Anderson. James Caprillion, 
uh, at the Angels with Jose Quintana taking the mound for them. Chris Flexen at San Diego with Chris Paddock. And then a streamer-on-streamer matchup, at least potentially here, uh, Tigers, Royals, Jose Arena, and Mike Miner. I think Mike Miner is the streamer that stands out to me out of this group. This is largely a group that I'm afraid to use because of the matchups, and that includes Tyler Anderson, who I do like quite a bit. This is one of the few spots where I don't want to use him going on the road to face a really good Atlanta offense. So from all these names, Mike Miner is the only one I really feel good about. I think if I had to pick a second one, it's actually Jose Urania on the other side of that matchup. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Not a not a terrible matchup and been good more often than not this year. So, uh, all right. Well, we've already made a couple of references to the upcoming fab this weekend. I mentioned Austin Gomber. So, uh, you know, possibility again with a, a two-start week for him. Uh, Brad Keller, also a, a two-starter. Jordan Lyles with just one start, but he's been, as I mentioned on a recent episode, he's been pretty good lately, and he gets the Mariners in Seattle this week. Uh, Tarek Skubal's been improving. He's out there available. Uh, so any pitchers here that look like targets for you or somebody that I haven't mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I could see Gomber as a min-bid guy with two road starts, but don't go overboard and keep the expectations as low as you possibly can. I mean, I think we're talking about a guy who still has a major skills war. It's the walk rate. He's over 10% for the season at 11.2. It's four over four walks per nine. That's going to be a problem for him. That number has to come down. But I think what gives me that little glimmer of hope is that you should get strikeouts. He's missing bats pretty consistently, keeping the ball in the park at sort of a league average clip. That's usually good enough to use for two starts in favorable spots, especially with the Mets lineup being as banged up as it is. So, yes, I got gombered a couple of weeks ago. I'm running the risk of being gombered again, uh, but he actually stands out as a pretty useful option here. And, you know, Tarek Skubal, he's one of those guys that I want to believe in him, but it is brutal. He's leading the league in barrels allowed by far. I know it's early. I know he's still a young pitcher, but you can't give up that much hard contact that often. So even though he's getting a matchup against the Cleveland team that is bad, it's a very soft lineup, I still want to err on the side of caution until he strings together a couple of nice starts together. And if that means you got to pick him up now and reserve him, fine. But I am not comfortable throwing him out there just yet in most leagues. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm with you on that for sure, but wouldn't mind stashing him if I could. Uh, really, cupboard seems dry, at least in my leagues, in terms of hitters. DVR, the only one that really kind of struck me was uh, Chad Pender, who's getting some pretty regular playing time and just barreling a lot uh, so far. But uh, yeah, not a lot out there. Anybody that interests you? Not yet. Hoping the weekend bears some fruit. Otherwise, it's going to be an easier Sunday than usual to uh, make all the pickups <laughs> across my leagues. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's for sure, at least as the, the way things stand right now. So, uh, well, that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you do have a chance to rate this podcast and review it, we would really, really appreciate that. And we thank you in advance for doing so. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier. We'll be right back here on Monday. <laughs> 